Chevy Chase lives, Guy Pierce eats people, and Nick Cage knows knowing this week on 30-20-10. Welcome everyone to 30-20-10, the internet's pop culture time machine taking you back each week. 30, 20, and 10 years ago, back in the past of movies, TV, video games, music, more. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? Uh, I'm Diana, and I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Sarah, slapping the bass. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just not see that? You both oh referenced God. the same thing. I didn't see that in the doc at all. Oh, man, it's going to be a weird I week. was going to say that I that I eat people, and then you said it in the thing. I was going to say, he was licking me! I did. I was that. I was happy to finally discover one of the movies friends of mine for years have been telling me to watch, and I finally did. That rarely happens on 302010, mm. where I'm like, all right, I'm going to do my homework. Uh, man, it's going to be a fun week, though, so I want everybody to stick around. But beginning, as we always do, 1989, March 15th to the 21st, we're going to take you through uh, what came out uh, in, the, in the field of movies, TV, uh, I already explained this, right? Video games, music, and all that good stuff. Uh, we are jumping right into it, because, oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not a lot of news to go through, but some notable movies. Uh, a movie I weirdly loved, and I don't remember why. Mm-hmm. Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. Mm. Yeah. And that is out 30 years ago this week. And I, I love that it's starring Shannon Tweed. And only in hindsight, Bill Maher. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Maher was, was not a, no one knew who he was. Everyone knew who Shannon Tweed was. Yeah. And Adrian Barbeau. I actually kind of like this movie because it's. Oh, me too. You know, it's, it's like, it's a B-movie parody. Right. You know, it's, it's a send up of other B-movies and adventure genre stuff um, about a giant avocado jungle of death, which is about two hours outside of LA, apparently. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And it's run by. These Amazonians led by Adrian Barbeau, they're going to kill everybody. And also cool. they're wearing bikinis. Because of course they are. Well. They are two incredible chicks. I am not a chick. I'm an ethno-historian with a doctorate in cultural anthropology. Got that? Yes, doctor. And one hell of a guy. In search of a cannibal tribe. I want to make contact with piranha women. It's a story of... Smart women, stupid, insensitive men... Of tender romance. Dr. Hunt and I are old friends, aren't we, Margot? Well. We were in love once. Desperately and passionately in love. <laughs> it was a one-night stand. I was half drunk and left right after we had sex. Jesus Christ, you younger wow. listeners have to be baffled at the idea of Bill Maher as a leading man. I am. <laughs> I'm perplexed. It's, it is, it's ridiculous. And I remember, I think the reason we saw it a lot is because uh, Comedy Central loved to air terrible movies. And oh, for yes. a while, that was their flagship show before The Daily Show, mm. uh, Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher. Right. So they bought yep. the couple of weird-ass movies that he was in. This and Pizza Man. A, a, <laughs> a, a, seriously, a political movie where he delivers pizza. Okay. It's very, very strange. Uh, but I, I, I always did like this. This was this was like a parody of what, I don't know, what I feel like Spielberg and Jim Henson endured. And <laughs> seriously, like just this, these weird adventure movies that inspired Indiana Jones sure. and half the episodes of Muppet Babies. Right. Uh, it's, I, it's not what I thought it was. It was, it was not Amazon Women on the Moon. That's what I thought it was uh, no. for a second. Don't get it confused, folks. Um, but also, that's also sort of like a parody type thing. So 
Double feature, maybe? Double feature. I don't, with Kentucky Fried Movie. That's where you watch Amazon Women <laughs> Movie. Okay, yeah. The, yeah. the lost art of sketch comedy film. <laughs> uh, and also out this week in terms of movies, Leviathan, uh, starring Ernie Hudson, Daniel Stern, Amanda Pays, uh, Richard Crenna, and Peter Weller. Three miles below the surface, that ship was sunk on purpose. Eight people are about to discover. We haven't deserted you. They are expendable. Leviathan, rated R, starts Friday at the. Oh, damn. <laughs> it's Alien Underwater. Alien Underwater. That's exactly what I was going to say. When is the Abyss out? I'm sick of seeing all these ripoffs. It's, it's, it's coming up. It's because upon we had Deep us. Star 6, what, like a month or two ago? Yes. Yeah. I, Leviathan. I just want to see the goddamn Abyss. We finally get to the Abyss, which oh. is 2001 Underwater. Okay. I love the Abyss. And and weirdly, the big movie of the week. Uh, Although, also, I should say, hmm. Leviathan, real good special effects for the time. I think yeah. it won the Oscar. Actually, yeah, it looks really, it, really cool. Okay. Yeah, it, it has, I mean, it's it's a B movie, but it, it has its fans. It has sort of a cult status. And that, I mean, that's a cool cast to watch get picked off one by one by the scary monster. Uh, speaking of not having a cult fan base, a fan base right. that desperately wanted to exist, mm-hmm. uh, number one at the box office this week, this is, the, this is one of the biggest, weirdest marketing blitzes that I can remember, but I hadn't ever heard of the first movie, which is revered, and oh. this one killed it. And uh, that by that I mean Randall, Tex Cobb, Cleavon Little, Arlie Ermey, uh, Julian Phillips, Hal Holbrook, and Chevy Chase in Fletch Lives. America's greatest investigative reporter is back. <laughs> Any mail for me? Fletch lives. And Mr. Fletcher? What can I do to you for you? And he'll stop at nothing. Bend over. Ben, nice to meet you. Victor Hugo. To get to the truth. They're like making a statement. That's not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Chevy Chase. Fletch lives. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Because I didn't know anything uh. about... This is a popular book series. Yes. And mm-hmm. a popular and the first one's really fun. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't seen yeah. this one forever. But I do remember that if you remember the poster like I do, your mom you're gone with the wind, love and mother never yes. couldn't comment on Oh, yeah. oh mom seventh <laughs> time. God damn it. I do remember that poster. hmm Yeah. So I mean this has a reputation of being just a failure. Like it's a bad movie. It's sunk any chance that this is gonna be a series. So I watched it and it's not that bad. Mm. It's like a C minus bad. Like it's not very good. But did I laugh? Yeah, got a couple laughs out of me. Also, Arlie Ermy as a televangelist. Is of- <laughs> oh, like how can you go wrong? Mm-hmm. And they, they, Show they me your Bible, maggot. With it. <laughs> they needed to do more with it. That's what I think. He needed to get angrier about the Lord. Oh, that sounds but, fun. Mm. Yeah, but it's just sort of disappointing. He goes down to Louisiana, inherits some land, and the shenanigans are afoot. And you can tell who did it within five minutes. Well, it was. The, I imagine there were some on-set shenanigans. This is Chevy Chase at his height. Notorious asshole, Chevy yeah. Chase. And yeah. I have to imagine he had something to do with fucking all of this up. Because I think I, I do know part of the charm of the first movie is clearly him improvising. Mm. But I know like the last number is like a giant animated sequence in this. Hmm. So... I mean, there's no really no room for improv in that in kind of in a special effects scenario like that. So I don't know. Mm. I didn't. I, I couldn't find anything on it because this movie has very few fans. But yeah, yeah with, with good reason. Yeah. Um, yes, not especially good. <laughs> Pretty much any any jokes that I laughed at besides Arlie Ermy, you, you're going to get in the first Fletch. So you might as well just watch that. Yeah, which is perfect. Like, still holds up as pretty charming. And I just, yeah. I, I remember hearing the first time I heard about what an asshole Chevy Chase was when was when Kevin Smith was trying to 
reboot the Fletch series. It's like maybe we'll cast Chevy as Jason Lee's dad in the they, new Fletch movie. They've been trying to do that for a while. Yes, and mm. apparently anytime you bring in Chevy Chase, he's a total cock Ooh. and <laughs> stifles everything. Maybe do wait another decade or so then. <laughs> no, you, you would think so, but he was on one of the best sitcoms ever and complained constantly and it's quit. True. Just it's so it was really weird to me though that this reputation is that this was a disaster. It's gonna be number one for a couple weeks, and it's not that bad. Yeah, just I think it was much more. It's a lot better than I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was going to be unwatchable. It's a ten. It's like it's okay. It's a ten million dollar comedy in the Mm eighties. So I think that's that's part of it. You don't see that money at all. Mm -hmm. That's all just going to Chevy. (laughs) Okay, okay. We're moving into television. Why are we talking about China Beach on the fifteenth? Uh, March. Uh, well, this has been brought up before, I think, in comments or somewhere that someone's I like, are I, you guys going to talk about China Beach? Because I think I jumped ahead and thought we, we were done with it because I mentioned its posthumous Emmy because it was critically revered. Yeah. It, it, it was mm. canceled and still ran another year and then won an Emmy like two years after the last episode was Crazy. shot. Crazy. Uh, but what? it's it's about it follows a, a medical unit basically in Vietnam yes. on China Beach. Mash, but for real in Vietnam this time. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, this particular episode I thought was noteworthy just because it's actually real Vietnam veteran f- women who like served in various capacities as like medic officers and that sort of mm. thing actually talking during the episode about their experiences. Um, so well. I pulled a little clip because I thought it was just a, a little interesting take on you know what they usually do which is you know mash basically mm-hmm. tonight some of the thousands of women who served in vietnam tell their stories in their own words none of us knew a lot about vietnam or what hospitals were where but when i found out i was going to the 36th evac everybody said oh that's great that's the best place to go in vietnam you know it's the R center and so i got in a helicopter and flew to the 36th evac and um it was beautiful because it's right on the south china sea fucking weird right it's kind wow. of a little taste of um band of brothers it is it's the lady band of yeah. brothers for vietnam yeah. yeah but this is normally a drama mm-hmm. uh that doesn't right. do that with marge Helge- helgenberger, helgenberger and dana delaney mm-hmm. are the two and i think Ricky Lake was Emmy. in it yeah okay mm-hmm. yes Sorry, China Beach fans. Didn't mean to. Ha- Sorry to have let you down this whole time. <laughs> Sorry to give short shrift. This is a this is a show I never heard of until we did thirty twenty ten. Same. Uh, but unlike not that's not the case with Jake and the Fat Man, a name that made me laugh every time <laughs> someone yelled a promo for it. Why would you name a show that? But then again, I am I'm happy to talk about it because season two premieres this year. With wish you were here, parts one and two when the entire show is moved to Hawaii. That's got to be rough on the fat man. I mean, <laughs> that's fun. You just moved the whole show to Hawaii. That's... The, the fedora budget what just tripled. What the hell? Were they getting like a tax break or something? <laughs> Who knows? Sounds like the best reward in the universe. Right. <laughs> For just a pretty whatever detective show called Jake and the Fat Man. Jake the and the Fat, fat Man. man. Uh, and speaking of shows we don't know anything about on the 18th of March, uh, it's a living. <laughs> I didn't say that right. <clears throat> Let me get my Flintstones out. It's a living. There we go. Now there I'm you the, go. Uh, yeah, some Good. Barney Barney Rubble's vacuum. Uh, it's a living's finale, and Julian, Crystal Bernard, and Cheryl Lee Ralph as waitresses in a fancy hotel. Uh, wow, wait, it ran it ran from eighty to eighty two, and then went yeah. into syndication. Yeah, like three years later. Three years later. That's nuts. I remember Crazy. it as being yeah, the, a show that was on in syndication. It'd be like sometime after like Star Trek or something next generation so it was it was on a channel that ran syndicated stuff 
So for some reason, there's this gap, and they decide, oh yeah, let's bring back the perfectly average waitress comedy, and then it ran for four more years. That's wow. pretty nuts, and uh, probably really? makes so many people pretty stupid that I got four more years yeah. out of it. Uh, and also on, on March nineteenth, little Chris was born. No, no, he wasn't born. He was nine. Uh, the Women of Brewster Place miniseries airs, ooh, yeah. starring Oprah oh. Winfrey, Cicely Tyson, uh, Jackie Harry, and Robin Givens. Ooh. Next Sunday, the television event of 1989 Starting next Sunday. Woo! There's a lot of acting in that. Sure. Oh, no. <laughs> Oprah, she, yeah, her character moves into a rundown old tenement house, and it's kind of a look back on her life mm-hmm. and the women that were part of her life growing up. Mm. And I think it was pretty well received. This was the first night of the miniseries, and this is kind of a thing. We're like, yeah, the, man, the, the Oprah promo, can the, do no wrong. The promos much. for like, I think the rerun of next year. They didn't usually rerun miniseries mm-hmm. at all. You, mm-hmm. you didn't. You missed it. You missed it. So it must have been pretty. It must have been pretty decently sized. But then again, Oprah's in it. Weirdly, playing an old lady in 1989. Holy shit! Right. Uh, <laughs> hmm. And uh, on the 21st of March, happy birthday to uh, Mr. Sarah. Um, yes, it's Sarah's husband's birthday. That's right. Uh, and the AFI Lifetime Achievement Awards. Um, the awards or just the award? Just the Lifetime Achievement Award goes to Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. Yay. Uh, does he go out there and uh, give a good speech? He does. Oh, I pulled wonderful. a little clip from it, that, a part that I thought was especially affecting. Entertainment that, in the words of T.S. Eliot, enlarges the sympathies, that stimulates the mind and the spirit, that warms the heart, punctures the balloons of hypocrisy, greed, and sham, tickles the funny bone, and leaves us with a glow that comes when we have been well entertained. Making millions is not the whole ballgame. Fellas, pride of workmanship is worth more. Artistry is worth more. The human imagination is a priceless resource. The public is ready for the best you can give them. It just may be that you can make a buck and at the same time encourage, foster, and commission work of quality and originality. Yeah, give it to a peck. Oh, we all got pecked. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And also, it's a fun little watch, too, just because I looking... I love those things. Yeah, looking into the audience, too, it is everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, they sh- they mm-hmm. did a shot, you know, of the audience, and I didn't actually recognize the person they were focusing on mm-hmm. just in that clip, but in the background, I recognized, like, three people, including no, really? Don Rickles. So, like... We, last year, eh. we played a clip. It was Jack Lemmon. Okay. And what I really like about this, this is all these famous actors, uh, at their least cynical. Mm-hmm. They're, we're, mm-hmm. They've gotten over that phase, and they're probably at a phase where they repeat aphorisms to people over and over again <laughs> that are very well rehearsed, and they mm-hmm. get, and now we get to hear them. And uh, yeah, Jack Lemmon's like like brought me to mush. Uh, yeah. So I love these things. <laughs> love these things. Man, we're getting through shit way too quick at this point. Yeah. Slow down, 3010, because we're already in games. And it's a big one uh, if you like RPGs and we're a Sega fan, because Fantasy Star 2 debuts. Uh, guys, this released right before Final Fantasy. Two months before Final Fantasy in America. 
So mm. this is, in some respects, the West's introduction to the RPG, and at least the first one on the Genesis. Uh, and you should know, at this point, it broke the record for the biggest console game ever. Six yeah. megabytes. Wow. Six, six megabytes. Wow. The we cache... can't handle it, Captain. Yes. <laughs> That's ca- too much. The cache in your oh. Safari browser is bigger now. <laughs> like, you probably have something in your pocket that can hold a thousand fantasy stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's adorable, but like, they, man, do they brag about it on that packaging. Six megabytes. And it showed. It looked really cool. And I have, I have, I am not thoroughly played Fantasy Star, but it is beloved. It might be a high point of the, se- the series proper before it went full multiplayer RPG. Uh, but Fantasy Star 2 is very, very important to the uh, building blocks that led us to RPGs of today. Uh, but music of 1989, uh, March 15th through the 21st. Uh, we have some new releases as well. Another Time, Another Place by Donna Summer. Shine, the, the debut EP from Mother Love Bone. And two heavy hitters, Like a Prayer by Madonna, Pepsi Ooh. Free. Uh, and <laughs> Nick of Time by Bonnie Raitt, both of which are on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list. Man, huh. I love yeah. Nick, and t- Nick of Time. Oh yeah, it is so, so good. So oh my god, so good. I don't know what it is. It, I, I just Bonnie. No, I can't do it. Can't, Man, it's it's like it's the weirdest form of girl music that I just can't do. I mean, I my mom and I basically wore out that cassette tape like <laughs> when it came out. Like we listened to it all the time. And just recently, I kind of listened to the album over because mm-hmm. I found it like mm-hmm. in my iTunes basically library, and it's like every song came back to me immediately. Something to talk about is. One of my favorite songs, maybe of all time, but I Can't Make You Love Me is one of the oh, saddest, that's... most intense feeling songs. I mean, that's that's oh. the thing. Like Every one of her songs is like some intense conversation I'm avoiding with a significant other. <laughs> uh, like... Yeah. Yeah. Heavy it's pretty, shit. Yeah, it's, I don't think you can call it girl music, man. She's She swings an axe, man. Yeah. No, 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 no. I know. I know. She's, I don't mean... She's a legitimate blues. badass. I did not mean to be that reductive about it, but it's just something I've never been able to get into, and I think because it, like, puts me in a weird place. Yeah. Uh, me too. that's it. Maybe you're just avoiding your feelings. Maybe yeah. you should feel... Draw a bubble bath. What good have my feelings ever bath. done me or anyone else? <laughs> Give yourself a bubble bath. <laughs> Put on some Bonnerite. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 40 years from now. Uh, and we, I just want to mention this real quick, because we... Close out with something new every episode, and we're going to close that with Bonnie Raitt, obviously. But Lost in Your Eyes by Debbie Gibson is still number one. I don't think we've yeah. mentioned how often a Debbie Gibson song is number one on here, and I can't name any Debbie Gibson songs. I, she is someone who is totally lost on me for some reason. It's like she's even more 80s than the 80s. Yeah. Like it just it, mm. it was too much for anybody to have nostalgia for or hold the loft anywhere. You hear Paula Abdul's songs and... Kimmy Schmidt and whatnot. I never hear any Debbie Gibson music played yeah. in things trying to be yeah. symbolic of the 80s. I think I probably do. Where's Electric do. Youth? <laughs> is, that, is that a song, Diane? I'll take your word for it. I think that, it's a That's situ- the title song off of this album, oh. Electric Youth. This is our second album. Um, oh, what's the one? Uh, I think the bigger here is, uh, well, the Shake Your Love, which is just, Ooh. I mean, it's like, oh, she writes her own songs. So, yeah, her songs have like seven words in them. <laughs> I like Neon Lips, uh, and I'm also partial to Gigantic Bow. I'm just guessing those are Debbie Gibson <laughs> oh, songs. Gigantic Bow. Oh, like, <laughs> gotcha, in your hair. Yes. <laughs> or a really big boyfriend. <laughs> a sideways hat. Uh, that <laughs> should be a Debbie Gibson song. I think Debbie Gibson's probably one of those people for me where I'm sure I've heard all of her songs. I just don't know what they are. It's, so I'm like, oh, that song. It's very weird. I feel like yeah. we're sort of it's treating her oh, like you – know? 
how we'll treat Justin Bieber on the show 10 years from now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is number one, but this is the music most people are talking about who aren't little girls. Right. And mm. I just wanted to acknowledge that because I read her name here so often. She it's has true. been number one so frequently. Uh, but we will close out with Bonnie Raitt, of course. Something to talk about off of Nick of Time. And when we get back, we'll be in 1999. Maybe On this week's Laser Time, we are talking all about plague movies. So, you know, if you're suffering from a disease, a biological terror attack, or even zombieism, you're going to want a really nice mattress to rest on. Yes, it's true. Joking, but most of you will spend more time on your mattress than you will on your couch or in your car. Why not get something comfy for yourself? That's where Casper comes in. And you listeners can save $50 on any new mattress by going to caspertrial.com slash laser time. Casper offers an outrageously comfy Casper offers an outrageously comfy mattress that combines high-density memory and premium latex foam to create a sleep surface that contours to your body and keeps you cool and balanced throughout the night. Even better, Casper mattresses are almost a quarter of what mattresses will cost you in those big box stores, and they'll ship it to you for nothing. Having reservations? All good. Casper offers a 100-night risk-free trial. Sleep on it for 100 nights. Don't like it? Casper will send a courier to pick it up dispose of it and give you a complete refund as if it never even happened. Hey, maybe it's time to make an adult decision and get a new mattress. And Casper's got everything you need from twin to California king. Any size you need. And Laser Time listeners once again can save $50 towards any new Casper mattress at caspertrial.com slash laser time. Thank you, Casper. This week on Laser Time, the internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. But uh, plague movies. Yeah. Where I think it's my favorite subgenre, yeah. like a micro genre of like, they are a few and far between. And that bears out in my research because the ones that I found mm-hmm. are ones that we love and we watch over and over again. And that's kind of why I want to do this episode too, because I want to open it up to the community. Tell me your favorite plague. Yeah. Because, you know, I've taken epidemiology classes. It's definitely like a a personal interest of mine and the CDC and how it all works. And Mm -hmm. so one of them is like on my top five favorite movies list. But I think the one that we watch the most that probably most people have seen is Outbreak. I know that some of us have doubts about what we're about to do. We'd be less than human if we didn't. But the fate of the nation, perhaps the world is in our hands. We cannot, we dare not refuse this burden. I'm confident that each of you will do his duty. God forgive us. <laughs> Obviously, we all heard Morgan Freeman. Right. Yes, yes, we <laughs> did. We're going to win the fight against this virus, Mr. Wayne. Also, <laughs> Cuba you got diseases, Junior. don't you, monkey? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Watching 3020. Oh, God. Thank God you watched uh, Lean on Me recently. Uh, I was worried you wouldn't get that There's joke, two, and you got it better than I did. Two people in the room who got that joke, and nobody else. <laughs> That's Laser Time. New every Monday on LaserTimePodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast.
song was I everywhere. Do I, I do. do. I do. Uh, Man, that song still is great. It's it, it's weirdly ahead of its time. Believe by yeah. Cher. It's number one this week, uh, making her the oldest woman to have a number one single. Still, dang. Uh, she's also yep. had a song on a, on the Billboard charts in six different decades. Good for her. Yeah. I think she's and I didn't realize, oh, this is like in the middle. I thought, oh, this was her last one. No, she's had a couple number ones afterwards. Yeah, I think we discussed it on the charity songs thing. She had a huge charity song in England that mm. was all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but it, no, she's made it to the Billboard chart in six decades. That's fucking crazy. Wow. I love Cher. I, wonder, I love her so much. It's the early 90s. It was the Beavis and Butthead experience. Mm. I got you, babe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, obviously, I'm annoyed by this song now because it was played so much. But in terms of like incorporating like a club dancey thing, like it did that a little more than modern music of the time. Like it sounded, yeah. it sounded very. If I don't know, I was, I was taking a lot of ecstasy and going to clubs and like this just sounds like a fucking DJ mix mm-hmm. uh, with, with lyrics to it so I was I, I don't know in, in hindsight I'm saying but I did also I think, hmm. I think it introduced the uh, auto-tune to a lot of people too yes, yes. it absolutely did yeah. because every time I think of it I think of the South Park version um, which still makes me laugh this is what we did in Waco play really bad music really loud until it drives them nuts and makes them want to come out This is her new album. If this doesn't drive them out, nothing will. <laughs> That's great music. <laughs> it still makes me giggle. Uh, okay, but this is 1999, people. March 15th through the 21st. Cher isn't the only person uh, up on the charts. Being released into your local Sam Goody or Musicland or FYE. I don't know what you have in England. I'm sorry. Uh, new, we have new releases. 13 by Blur. Uh, Voice of an Angel by Charlotte Church. 100% Genuine by Genuine. Uh, Minefields by Toto. Toto had an album out in 99. Uh, stay the Same, uh, the, Stay the same. The solo debut of NKOTB's Joey McIntyre. And who else by uh, Jeff, Jeff Beck? Jeff Beck? Jeff Beck. Beck. Jeff Beck. Uh, his first release in 10 years. I do. I remember yeah. that. The boy band craze allowed uh, the new kids to come back ever so slightly. Just a touch. Not the whole band, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. a couple of the guys had like individual tiny hits. That's right. Mm-hmm. Is it 100% genuine where Pony comes from? <laughs> we better look at that. Look that up because that's huge. It's not the album with Pony on it. So, Damn. but it's got same old G, okay. and it's got. Do you remember that's got the sample of the Flash Gordon theme by Queen? So, oh wow. That's pretty fun. Yeah, that's But fun. no, it's not Pony. We will have a big announcement when Pony <laughs> we'll, we'll hire the skywriting team. We'll make a whole thing out of it. It's the anniversary of Pony! <laughs> we would have no magic mic without it. Also, hey, a little bit of music. We're like bridging news and music. On uh, the 15th of March, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has new inductees. Billy Joel! Uh, he sang a lot of songs about rock and roll. I don't know how rock and roll he is. It's still rock and roll to him. I guess so. Uh, Curtis Mayfield, uh, beautiful man. Yes. Uh, Paul McCartney, Del Shannon, Dusty Springfield, the Staple Singers, and Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, why don't you wait to yeah. put Springsteen in there? I feel yeah. like he was performing at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame since the beginning. They were waiting for Streets of Philadelphia to really <laughs> yes. send it home. Or it re- Secret Garden. The Jerry Maguire soundtrack Yes, the to Jerry Maguire soundtrack. <laughs> Uh, but real news of 1999, March 15th to the 21st. I, this is ridiculous because uh, I hate hearing this, especially around right now. 
Uh, the mm-hmm. Roth IRA is introduced, which I'm told that is what an independent uh, contractor like myself really needs to pay their taxes correctly. Hmm. I should get hmm. one of those. Is what I'm told. Well, an IRA would probably be more helpful than a Roth IRA to you, but I don't know because an IRA you put away money before they figure out your taxes, and then so you pay fewer taxes. Mm-hmm. And a Roth IRA is after taxes you put away money but then when you take it out when you're retired you don't have to pay nothing oh wait yeah that's stupid i don't want any of that i need to pay less taxes uh and ooh, this is this sounds like you're in a different fucking century but mm-hmm. this did happen on the 21st of march of 1999 bertrand picard and brian jones become the first i don't know uh euro couple to circumnavigate <laughs> the world in a hot air balloon okay a this sounds like this should be from 1928. Yes. <laughs> 1929. Uh, uh, B, you owe the chipmunk adventure money because they did it first, <laughs> delivering them diamond dolls. And uh, I don't have another. I don't have a C. But <laughs> uh, C, um, who gets to be Prospatu and who gets to be Philly as fuck? C, C, this is white people out of control. <laughs> this is just white because yeah. you, you know they got a grant to like, do this we're too. We're doing it to show that we can. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Great. Out of control. Like I just love the the vision of a hot air balloon flying over the city. Is like just homeless people. Like, huh, huh, huh. <laughs> Done by two guys who did not need Roth IRAs. <laughs> <laughs> so jumping to the movies of nineteen, 19- they, they had Philip Roth IRAs where they put all their first editions into a banking vault. <laughs> I almost got that. <laughs> oh. I thought a Philip Roth IRA is when you're really upset about being Jewish and horny. Yeah, yeah. A Philip Roth IRA where you put all your bad sex writing into a vault and hope it goes away forever. In the 50s? Am I close? I read the plot against America. Uh, movies of 1999, March uh, 15th to the 21st. This is so weird. The King and I. Is this yeah. this is the live the Rogers and Hammerstein? Yeah, this is the animated, right? Because this is this was supposed to be, I think, DreamWorks' first movie. Cause, like the companies were dying to animate The King and I for some reason. They thought I, I think they thought that would be like the new fairy tale. It's not pe- fun. I, I I don't know. I like I I know I've seen the original, but Me like too. very very vague memories. Yeah, and I don't remember Daryl Han. Well, I guess it's a, a cartoon, so why not have Daryl Han? Oh in it? yeah, he's the only name yeah. I recognize in between Martin. Vidnovic, uh, Miranda Richardson, I recognize her, Ian Richardson, uh, King and I, 1999 version. I am Anna Leon Owens, Your Majesty. It's one of the most beloved stories ever told. Getting to know you, getting to feel free and easy. On March 19th, fall in love all over again with the magic, the mystery. Discover the music of Rodgers and Hammerstein, The King and I, rated G. So this, but they're doing the reverse Disney. Uh, they're yeah. remaking their live action film animated, but keeping all the style and music mm-hmm. the same. Mm. It uh. looks freaking the same. Exactly like the it, same. It just, just watch the Yul Brynner movie. I mean, yeah. like, this is Warner Brothers trying to take a stab at you know, some of this princessy type market, you know, where we had Anastasia before, which is mm-hmm. what, 20th century? Yep. And now this, where it's like, yeah, we can try to get some of this. No. Who is this no, for? You can't. I don't even know. That's, I, I remember yeah. saying the same thing when I saw this. Like, yeah. I go, I still would go see every animated movie and like, this I don't get. I don't get. Why now? Why this? But the movie I really wanted to see, and I remember because it came yeah. out on my birthday, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that I finally saw this week, uh, 
it's, it becomes if you remember our buddy Michael Grimm, who used to be able to be on shows before he worked for Uncle Mario. Uh, this is one of his favorite films: Jeffrey Jones, Robert Carlyle, <laughs> and Guy Pierce in *Ravenous*. <laughs> this Indian scout told me a curious story. Winged eagle. It's an old Indian myth from the north. Man eats the flesh of another. <laughs> he absorbs the other man's strength. No. One man must choose between others. Between having dinner and being dinner. <laughs> That's so annoying. It's it's so compelling. This is one of the weirdest things I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, speaking of annoying, every trailer for this gives away something that you shouldn't know going into the movie. Yeah, because I, 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 all that had passed my head, and there's like a, it has a very early twist. And then mm-hmm. another twist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it has a couple twists in it, and several of them are given away in the trailer. I understand the first twist being given away, but I wish that none of them were. I wish you just thought, there's something creepy going on in them woods. Oh, no, what's after us? Something's after us. And then you find out, no, what's after you is human. It's human. And it reminded me weirdly <laughs> if... The movie or book Misery was set during the Civil War and involved eating people instead of writing a book. Okay, that's that's what this <laughs> okay. that's what this reminded me of because uh, yeah, it involves it's it's you could call it a horror movie. The idea that it's, there are people out in the woods eating people. Movie. I mean, it's kind of cool that it's it's sort of a monster movie, and mm-hmm. again, the monster is human, mm-hmm. but it's also a vampire movie. Yeah, oh, a bit. yeah. By the end, by Fuck. the end, it is totally turned into a vampire movie. That's huh. right. Because they do, they do treat human flesh like it has addictive properties, and mm-hmm. once you taste it, mm-hmm. you can never not stop craving for do it. Do you become a ravenous? Ravenous. ravenous. Yeah. Yep. This is like a movie that I I was coerced into watching it by one of my horror movie pals. Hi, Brad. Um, back in like <laughs> freshman year of college when I was really not down for horror movies. And I actually really enjoy this movie quite a bit. It yeah. is fun. I, I thought it, it's, it's I unlike anything I've seen recently and from this era. Mm-hmm. Like I'm shocked that it was made and it kind of fell by the wayside. But it, I think it's been discovered. And I, I know whenever I try and find cheesy trailer clips for our Oscar movie parodies that the, the soundtrack is amazing mm-hmm. and gets mm. gets played in a lot of trailers and you might not know it. So you've, you've heard some of the Ravenous soundtrack, even if you think you hadn't. I asked Grimm for a little review, yeah. uh, and he said, as far as homoerotic, heavy-handed criticisms of capitalism go, this is one of the best. <laughs> Ooh, right best. up my alley. Uh, delightfully weird and great performances by everyone. Uh, all you got to do is enjoy the spoils of America, is eat the flesh of your fellow man. But once you do, you're in for life, pal. Wow. Uh, it's, yeah. it's wow. Nice analogy. That's deep, dude. It is Real a, deep. Yeah, I just, I, I love that. Yeah, it's like this, the... It's it's like a spin on the Wendigo myth, the idea that it's mm. like yeah, um, you know you're trapped out in the wilderness and it's snowing and it's cold and you know you're in a Donner Party situation. You eat human to survive, but then you will crave it more and more and more, and you will only hunger for human meat, and it will drive you insane. I mean, mm. to its credit, it looks delicious in like every single shot. They they cook it with a nice nice potatoes and mm-hmm. onions. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, nice stew. Mm, Let's talk raw here. Uh, movie yeah. I didn't see. And it just drives you make it insane. Yeah, I I think this might be my recommend for the week. Man. Totally, it's Absolutely. a good one. A lot of these are just sort of meh, but this one's just sort of different, and interesting, and also for a movie that's about like men and men fighting and fighting men. Woman director. <laughs> oh, really? Nice. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Who was it again? Yeah, Antonia Bird. Mm. Knew her to direct something else that I really dug, but this is really cool and unlike seriously unlike anything else you'll see in any decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, very yeah. very neat movie. 
Uh, not can't say the same for True Crime, a movie I know nope. I saw, don't remember a fucking frame of. It is our it's annual really Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Leary, James Woods, uh, Lisa Gay Hamilton, Isaiah Washington. Wow, a lot of problematic people in there. Uh, mm. <laughs> true crime. Twelve hours from now, Frank Beecham will be executed by lethal injection. A convicted killer's only hope. Now, come on, there was somebody who wasn't there. Is a reporter. Give me something. Man, what do you want from me? What do you people want from me? With one last chance. After a police investigation, a trial, what, six years of appeals, and you love discrepancies? Clint Eastwood. You're not really sure, are you? <laughs> true crime. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is based on a novel that mm. most dads yeah. are into. Right. That's this is a dad novel. Uh, Clint Eastwood was known to to select from there on yeah. occasion. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Good, I mean, Garden of Good and Evil kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's all the stuff my parents were reading. Yeah. Right. If you rent a beach house, it'll be sitting there on the bookcase. <laughs> it's one of it those just comes with every beach house. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Don't need this anymore. Yeah. Leave it at the beach yeah. house. Yeah. It's just especially average. It's just an average one. I feel like Clint Eastwood's whole career, especially his like his nineties career, was be it, it was split between like exceptional and incredibly average, mm-hmm. interchangeable mm-hmm. type detective y movies. Not even detective y, just sort of like a cop hanging out and then happens upon a thing. Yeah. Except this is a reporter happens yeah. upon a thing. A hard boiled man living in a world he barely recognizes. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> you just imagine him like typing out his news articles with like two index fingers. <laughs> Hunting and pecking on the yeah. typewriter. Looking at his, his weird, his Clint Eastwood's weirdo six pack that like has kind of drooped like Sylvester Stallone's mouth because he always takes his shirt off and everything. Anyway, he uh, does take his shirt off a lot. He does take his shirt off a lot. Uh, I mean, yep. looks good for his about age. about that. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, he's in his freaking 80s. Yeah. But he has yeah. no butt, and he never has. <laughs> I, liked, I, I said that like it was a mystery. <laughs> Where did the butt go? It's true. I, I feel more it's of a tragedy. It's a tragedy. I, he has no butt. He never has had one. I mean, resident Clint Eastwood butt expert has weighed in. <laughs> oh, that is wonderful. Um well, maybe maybe there's some butts we're talking about in the number one movie, the box <laughs> office this week, because I don't have a Not lot to really. say about it. No. I remember seeing this and like, I don't care about this at all. You shouldn't. Uh, ben Affleck and Sandra Bullock in the number one movie this week, Forces of Nature. I'm sorry about the collect call. On the way down here, I met this woman. Oh, Ben, you idiot. You let him talk. What woman, you idiot? She's completely uh, different than anyone I've ever met. Oh, please. They always are. <laughs> DreamWorks Pictures presents... I haven't known you that long, but I think something may be wrong with you. A story about the paths we follow. We have no money. We have no transportation. Somebody went into this place right here. You're saying we just go in and strip dance. I'm not interested. Guarantee you a really good show. How much for you to dance? Excuse me? The detours... All right, enough of this shit. Uh, Imagine uh, at the end of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles if uh, Del Griffith and Steve Martin fucked. That's what this this movie is. Um, it's plane trains on automobiles. One of, one of them racing back for his wedding because that's never been used as a uh, device ever. I, for some reason, at the beginning too, he has his fiance's wedding dress. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Why is the guy supposed to? Could you pick up my wedding dress on the? <laughs> I don't, I, I don't think, think so. that's. A, I think it's the opposite. Yeah, I, think, I don't think yeah. the decree happens. Yeah, it's take it across country. This movie is dumb and boring. <laughs> yeah. It's like crazy I popular. Know. I know. I don't know why that when I first saw this, I was like, 
it was okay. And I realized, I think I just like road movies, but yeah. no, it's not okay. This is, I mean, the kind of a quintessential manic pixie dream girl situation. Yes. He's Extremely. All, and I always feel bad for the like boring fiance in these situations, knowing that I would probably be that person in the movie. I never knew you were dull until I met one more woman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one other lady. <laughs> yeah. And also, being boring is awesome, y'all. It's fine. And also, she's more a tyranny. She's rad. Right? Also that. I was cracking my brain trying to remember who... I would rather, I would much rather take more yeah. tyranny over Sandy B. Massive yeah. liar, liar news radio fan. Me fucking too. Mm. Yeah. But moving, Sorry, Sandy. Moving into 1999 television. Uh, we mentioned this. Wow, it was, feels like a long time ago. Uh, say goodbye uh, to Lateline. Well, it came and went and came and went and came and went, but we're finally done with Nightline. Right. I think it was a mid-season replacement for two years, but Al Franken's yeah. sitcom uh, critically hailed uh, Lateline, yeah. a, a political a political sitcom. It, something... Mm-hmm. I don't know, like I, Murphy Brown just failed that, but I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often uh, outside of like the confines of the Connors household, but like a show about a new show, mm-hmm. a sitcom about yeah. a new show. Uh, it it had its last episode here, but there were seven episodes that were unaired, and I'm pretty sure I had the DVDs, and there is no last episode. I think they were always holding out hope there'd be something okay. else. Mm-hmm. Um uh, King of the Hill, Escape from Party Island, <laughs> uh, a fun episode where... Hank has to drive his mother and all her friends on this, on this uh, cross country miniature. Let's look. Let's, let's buy go to them. a miniatures museum, which sounds like my dream vacation. It's <laughs> oh my god! But with Phyllis Diller, Betty White, and Uta Hagen. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is the road movie I want that to be is a part the road of. Trip I want to be. On. Yes. Oh my to god. Me too. And uh, I, 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 there was a bunch of clips. I was trying. I really overthought this. And there was a there was a bunch of clips of the old ladies making because they just give Hank Hill hell. Part of it too is that they get sidelined by some like MTV Spring yes, Break situation, so they're like yeah. s- surrounded by people in like bathing suits and mm-hmm. drinking heavily. So this episode, look this up on YouTube. It makes me laugh very very much. This is solely from this episode, episode uh, Escape from Party Island. This is Hank Hill sighing. Uh, <laughs> Every time Hank Hill <laughs> sighs in this episode. Huh? Lyle Neff? I played you half. Yeah. <laughs> there's still there's still more. There's still more. Oh. <laughs> I love you, Hank Hill. Yeah. Uh, Tracy Takes On Says Goodbye, a show yeah. that wore out its welcome with me, even though it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, in hindsight, uh, Tracy Takes On was a sketch show, but not really. No. Right. It was, yeah, just impression Well, the, it was a sketch show where she played different characters, but yeah. all those characters had canon and through lines and mm-hmm. stories. Right. And... Mm. Uh, like I, there's a couple of sexy episodes I remember because there was some that just all involved people fucking and a lot of nudity and. Is it all? It's so it's not because what I remember the most from watching this because I would always be, I you know loved comedy before I knew mm-hmm. I loved everything so I was real scattershot about it mm-hmm. and I remember always loving when I could catch one of these episodes on HBO. Mm-hmm. 
But all I remember is the characters talking to the camera. I don't remember like any right. like sketches where they're interacting oh, yeah, with other people as much. Okay, the ones that stick out the most for me then, I guess, is when they're just talking to she camera. She played like a, a gay male flight attendant. Yeah, and, uh, uh, and then the taxi driver. Yes, the yeah. the wife of That's the Jewish wife most. of George Siegel. Yeah, I think at some point. <laughs> I think the taxi driver sticks out the most because it probably ages the most poorly. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> oh, didn't even think about that. Yeah. But uh, but due to the nature of it being that like pre. Sopranos of HBO, like there's no DVDs, there's like no way to see it. And I'm guessing it's probably uh-huh. on their app somewhere. Uh, but it was it was definitely not a bad show. It's just one I I have no hankering to see again. Yeah, because, uh, they I would play it a lot. But four seasons and 65 episodes wrap on uh, the 17th, uh, St. Patty's Day, and another show I don't I embarrassingly don't know enough about. Farscape debu- debuts March 19th. That's the theme. I hope. Uh, <laughs> I have never seen Farscape. <laughs> yeah. I'm embarrassed that I haven't. Uh, an Australian-Canadian co-production with Creatures from the Jim Henson Workshop. Mm-hmm. I believe Brian Henson himself would bring back the show for a miniseries after Sci-Fi canceled it on a cliffhanger after the uh, four, four seasons. Uh, but no, I've never, ever seen an episode of this. And I just like... This is a fan-revered sci-fi show mm-hmm. that comes out like right before social media. So, Mm. like, we had the internet, and they had campaigns to save it, but, like, unless you were looking, you didn't really see it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we would would have heard a lot more about Farscape had there been social media, and I feel bad for it. But Uh, I feel there were a lot of really great GeoCities pages about this. Yes, yes. With um, counters at the bottom that tell you how many people have seen your site. Yeah, maybe a guest book. Yeah. Dancing banana. Maybe a little gif. Of the guy who says is under construction and he's digging. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Always under multimedia. They could never figure out how to upload that. Yeah. Uh, I, and all I know from it just visually, like, uh, it looks like the girl from a different world, but she's blue. That's that's all that I remember visually <laughs> from Farscape, having not seen a fucking episode. Mm-hmm. On the 20th of March, uh, Drew Barrymore comes back to host SNL, the musical guest garbage, because yeah. it's 1999. Who the fuck yeah. else is going to play? Of course. But it's uh, Drew Barrymore's second time. Mm-hmm. hosting SNL uh, with a long, long gap. Because I think at that, she... Fuck, she might... S- no, I think Macaulay Culkin took it. No, she. I think she was the youngest host. Mm. She hosted mm. like hot off of E.T. Wow. And if Holy you ever uh, read SNL books, there's like pictures of her at the after party, like asleep on the table. Yeah. Uh, poor girl. <laughs> poor girl. Aww. You wonder why she gets mixed up she in boozishness. some shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, at- I should say with Farscape... Um, Fans, if there are fans of Farscape, you know, uh, let us know in the comments. Tell yes, us is it, is it worth please, going back and watch? Please, I loved all your sh- all the comments like, you, you know. gave on a uh, Babylon Five, yeah. like all the context mm-hmm. we couldn't possibly get in preparing for this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, of course, we do that for patrons at patreoncom slash time. You support the whole Laser Time Network, and we do appreciate it. Uh, and oh god, this is big. This is big. How are we going to get out of this? Twenty uh, first of March, the seventy first Oscars uh, Academy Awards it's airs. Oscar time. But this is the controversial year, this is, is it the not? Big, well, one of the well, controversial. I mean, no, I feel like it's controversial. To to this day, there are people who are like, "That's fucking bullshit." I mean, yeah. Because <laughs> Steven Spielberg wins Best Director for Saving Private Ryan, mm-hmm. obvi, and Shakespeare in Love, the girly movie, wins Best Picture, and that pisses some people Isn't off. Isn't the criticism of this was proof that the Weinstein's could buy Oscars for themselves? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, except Shakespeare in Love is good. It yeah. is good. It's not as good as Elizabeth or Saving, Saving Private, Private Ryan, Ryan or the Thin Red right. Line, personally. Mm-hmm. 
but in a diff- it's good. In a different year, I think it would have won, and I don't think anyone would be too mm. mad about it. Because, I, yeah. I mean, I actually... I think Shakespeare in Love is great, actually. I mm-hmm. love it. I would never say that it w- should have won, certainly over Saving Private Ryan. But mm-hmm. um, but I think in another in another year, it would have been a really fun, interesting win because it's kind of funny and mm-hmm. it's not yeah, super it's a comedy. heavy. It's a comedy. Yeah, and it's very romantic. It's like the favorite? It is very girly. No. No? It's not like the favorite. Well, I mean, favorite's the favorite's funny, weirder. too. But it's, a, it's, it's an weird. unassuming wig comedy for someone like me. Like, there's a movie I won't see, but it's wait, accessible. it looks different. It's very accessible. And it's, I I can tell you, I've rewatched Shakespeare in Love a million more times than I've rewatched Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, I remember watching that with you. I don't see how you could do that every day. No, I mean, <laughs> I can't drink enough water to rehydrate myself. <laughs> yeah. No, I will tell you who got robbed this year. Mm. wasn't Saving Private Ryan. It was Ian McKellen in Gods and Monsters. He got robbed yeah. for Best mm-hmm. Actor. Because he's playing James Wales, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that movie is and fucking he got, fantastic. Not only he got robbed, but then everyone got distracted because Roberto Benigni won. Yes. And he climbed over everyone and he stepped on Steven Spielberg. <laughs> he did. He, and that's the thing that people remember. They he, remember he jumps up and goes fucking bonkers. And mm-hmm. I feel like people voted for him just to see what he'd do. Because mm. that's what he'd been doing for like years. I, I think people were enamored with him. Yeah. And yeah. that was had he, a lot to do with it. Was he him. doing like the talk show circuit at the time? He was, like, remember oh, we, yeah. on doing our fun stuff. Patreon, we watched Conan's yeah. 10th anniversary special. Yeah. He goes on with Conan and decides, like, want to trade pants? And right. They trade pants. <laughs> He's a very small man and Conan is not. Uh, and, that's right. And it's a, just this really weird comedic moment that you only get from someone like Roberto Benigni. Yeah. And, like, I don't hate him either, but then he, man, one Pinocchio movie and no one wants to talk to you again. I mean, Pinocchio's rough, mm-hmm. y'all. Hey, stop that. I love Pinocchio. I know you do. But, I mean, so I actually pulled a little bit from his speech because it is like looking back on it I remember watching this as it was happening and the the stepping over the seats mm-hmm. or whatever it's a little eye rolly because it's a little like uh. but then I went back and looked at his speech it's it's very joyful mm-hmm. it's like it is kind of a, it's a really fun moment in what can otherwise be like a very staid proceeding sometimes yeah thank you this is a terrible mistake because I used up all my English <laughs> no, I don't know. Oh, this is oh, what is how, how can I, I? I'm not able to express all my gratitude because uh, now is uh, my body is in tumult because it's a colossal moment of of joy. So uh, everything is really in a, in, a, in, a, in a way that I cannot express. I would like to be a, a, a Jupiter and kidnap everybody and lie down in the firmament making love with everybody. What the fuck is that? <laughs> He'd like to become Jupiter, kidnap everybody and have sex? I mean, I love I know it. Italian folktales, but like... If English was his first language, we would all think he's having a stroke. <laughs> I mean, it does... It does it, it's, it's not... <laughs> the best Oscar moment from this year is oh my what's her name from the favorite who won yeah uh, and Olivia Colman yeah. she almost faints Olivia in her Olivia. chair yeah and gets yeah. up on stage and immediately apologizes yeah <laughs> and like yeah. I like any speech that starts out with this is a terrible mistake <laughs> I was not when I was clearly not ready for this and neither was he yeah. obviously because I think did he win for best foreign film at that point yeah. so he's out of words yeah, yeah. 
for a movie yep. I think is actually pretty terrible. I do not like Life of I don't love it. I don't love it. But James Coburn took yep. it for Affliction. We talked about that. And um, Judy Dench gets it for Shakespeare in Love for being in the movie for five minutes. As Gwyneth Paltrow yep. gets best. That's her best actress Oscar. Way to go, Goopy. Yep. And, and then uh, we had uh, another big controversial one, though, because they finally gave an honorary Oscar to Elliot Kazan. Jesus, really? Is an incredibly talented person, but he named names, and that right. made people mm-hmm. not happy. So, first of all, they have to bring bring Scorsese out again. He gave the honorary award last year, mm-hmm. uh, and then they gave it this year. Like, give him some fucking cred. All right, and that's when I thought if we could just have a Scorsese give someone an award award, I would really like that because he knows his <laughs> shit. What a beautiful idea! Mm-hmm. Scorsese just, gives an Scorsese. old person an award. Oh, just, just let him. That'd be but, awesome. You know, brought brought him and De Niro out to give it, you know, some weight and some cred. And you can see some people gave standing ovations, some people sitting ovations, some people sat on their hands scowling. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's pretty insane. Even when you look through like the uh, the art direction and cinematography, like it's all Saving Private Ryan with a, a smattering of Shakespeare and love. Well, and, I like with the best yeah. makeup and best costume design, they decided to just like split the split it down the middle one went to to elizabeth the other one went to shakespeare in love i mean that makes sense but this might shock you beating out beating out armageddon and mighty joe young mighty joe young at the oscars get the fuck out of here (laughs) for best visual effects is what dreams may come i mean yeah yeah it's a it's a pretty movie it's pretty i think those effects were probably more interesting than armageddon's or mighty joe young's nothing's more interesting than armageddon that movie's amazing. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but moving into games of uh, March 15th to the 21st, it's it's it couldn't be it technically couldn't be bigger. Um Jammer Lammy, the sequel to Parappa the Rappa. Um, even though you play as a different character and play guitar, once you beat the game, then you can play as Parappa the Rappa and rap through stuff. Hmm. Very very charming. Huh. Uh, Is it Um or Um Jammer Lammy? I, th- I, I always said Um, um Jammer Lammy. Um Um Jammer Lammy. If you're from Japan, that's probably how you'd say it. I'm Jammer uh, Lammy. I am Jammer okay. Lammy. Uh, one of the but weird... Oh, that game's so cute, though. Oh, it is. It's it's beautiful She's and charming. So cute. She's a little lamb, and she wants to play guitar. Mm-hmm. Aw. Little paper cutouts. Out. It's it's very, very awesome. And uh, a, a game that people love, I don't understand. I have a box copy somewhere in this house. Uh, get ready to travel back, millennials. You're going to love this one. New Pokemon game, but not the one you're thinking of. Today's assignment, photograph the elusive Pokemon. How do you do it? You're going to be fast. You need a keen eye, the best equipment, and lightning quick reflexes. No, you don't. All you need is Pokemon Snap, the first Pokemon game for N64. Find them, frame them, and shoot. You can even bring your Snap cartridge to a participating Blockbuster video and print out stickers of your favorites. Doesn't look like they're coming out today. Hard luck. Pokemon Snap. Gotta catch them. Wow. Oh, so it's one of the first 3D <clears throat> versions of Pokemans because they'd all been on 2D DS games. And it's sort of like um, House of the Dead or Area 51. It's But you, instead of shooting Pokemon, you're snip-snap shooting Pokemon. You're taking mm-hmm. pictures of them instead of murdering mm-hmm. them. And if you throw shit at them, they'll pose better and all that stuff. I, I never really got into this, so I don't... I, I, know it's, I, know it's, I know it's beloved, but I do... I, I meant to get the other commercial... Because, yes, if you bring your memory card into a Blockbuster, you can print out your photos. That's... And if your photo was good enough, you could win... a sticker. You could win a contest where you won a Game Boy printer and camera. So you could print more stuff off of your Nintendo. Very strange times. 
Uh, very, very strange times. But the biggest news that I wish I knew more about, but I never played it, but not only did millions of other people, they still are playing it. EverQuest. EverQuest, the f- like kind of not the first MMORPG, but the first big MMO, MMORPG. Yeah. Multiple giant server where people are running around as elves and druids and casting spells and all that shit. It is still up and running today. Its official website is counting down details about its 20th anniversary. Almost every single one of its imitators has folded since then. And EverQuest 1 is still around. That's absolutely nuts. That is nuts. Uh, EverQuest, ladies and gentlemen, is 20 years old. Uh, Good for them. They... Our nickname Evercrack because of how addictive it is. Wow, I have not heard that in 24 years. God damn. Yeah. And I, I remember my friends who were really into this, they were always like hard up for the next game that would beat it and, and dethrone it. And none of those games are around. It's so crazy. Except for, wow, <laughs> World of Warcraft's around. Uh, yeah. But uh, yes, that is 1999 in a 30-minute nutshell. You are welcome. Let's get the fuck out of this decade before we get into 2009 with uh, Runaway by Del Shannon in honor of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Stay right there, people, because yeah. we have 2009 to go through right away. Fellas, gather around. Here are some statistics, and I don't want you to get sad or depressed. 40% of men by the age of 40 struggle from not being able to get and maintain an erection. But check out this stat. Over 25% of new ED cases are guys under 40. I'm not trying to single you out. I'm just saying there is a dependable solution out there, and that's Hims, baby. And right now, you listeners can try Hims for a month today for just five bucks by going to forhims.com slash TTT. Forhims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science now, erectile dysfunction can be optional because Hims can connect you with real doctors with medical-grade solutions. These aren't gas station supplements. These are real prescriptions back by science, generic equivalents to well-known drugs. Even better, no waiting room, no awkward doctor visits, no lines, and you can save a ton of time and money just by going to forhims.com. Very, very easy. You just go to the website, answer a few quick questions, and chat with a doctor for a confidential review, and then the product is shipped right to your door. It's erectile without the dysfunction. I wish I could take credit for that line, but that's Hims. So try Hims for a month today for just five bucks. Seriously, you can get started for just five bucks while supplies last. See the website for full details. And remember, this would cost you hundreds of dollars if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. So go to Hims.com slash TTT. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash three T's. Forhims.com slash TTT. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I feel like a millennial, but then I have vivid memories of rotary phones and black and white TVs, right. which feels bizarre to me. Yeah, I, I mean, depending on like which metric you use, I could either be Gen X or Millennial, right. but I always identify with Millennials because we, we, I don't define myself by hating other people's music and that, whatever else. That's true. Just kidding, we, just and kidding. We had uh, access to the internet maybe a little early thanks to our, some of our school programs yeah. and computers, so we were pretty quick to adopt those exactly. things. It's so weird to have memories 
that exist in black and white. You you color them in as time goes on. Right. But like I don't think I've ever seen an episode of that show in color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like I just saw so many shows like that. The first season of Friends I saw in black and white. So like just fuck I, I, I remember trying to do research, like what was the year and why was the last black and white TV produced? And I could never get to the bottom of it because they still sell new ones on Amazon. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth watching and for the week of march 15th through 21st uh, yeah i got that's we can talk I, i'll always find something for you baby i won't leave you anyway uh 75 years ago this week yeah honestly not much four jills in a jeep um it's 44 we got war movies and stuff uh tunisian victory the frank capra propaganda stuff and then uh 50 years ago this week Oh, good, it's the anniversary of the covert bombing of Cambodia beginning. Yay. And uh, it's also the anniversary of a movie with the worst title in the history of mankind. Even worse than Incredibly Strange Creatures Who Stopped Living and Became Mixed Up Zombies, there is Anthony Newley's Can Hieronymus Monk... Can Hieronymus... Can Hieronymus... Can Hieronymus Merkin ever forget Mercy Humpy and find true happiness? <sighs> I can't believe I actually said it. Um... I like Anthony Newley, but Jesus Christ. Uh, the movie I'm going to recommend this week uh, comes from 40 years ago, 1979. March 16th was the very timely release of the film The China Syndrome, which is a really good paranoid thriller with Jane Fonda, Michael Douglas, Jack Lemmon, and it came right like within a couple weeks of the Three Mile Island mini nuclear disaster. So it's it's good for making you really paranoid about how all of the reactors are going to blow up and kill us all. Um, that might not be true. Honestly, it could be any kind of business uh, and still work in this movie, but I think it's really good and it's really watchable um, and a lot of fun for a movie that's about scary things happening, so I'm going to recommend that. The China Syndrome, 1979. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Acting like you hate me I love because you made me You played me to the left Now there's nobody left to hear your complaining, I'm gone And all you're hearing is your own And I'm gone and you're all alone Can't you hear the Bringing us in is Echo off of Don't Feed the Animals by Gorilla Zoe Gorilla Zoe? Am I saying that right? I've never heard this song Never heard it's this. but I like to think it's Gorilla Zoe. Gorilla Zoe <laughs> featuring Diddy. I can't tell. Uh, welcome to 2009, ladies and gentlemen. March 15th to the 21st, we have some new music releases to rattle off. Uh, Days, Days light, slash Light Years by Super Furry Animals. Uh, BOA by BOA. I did not know Bank of America had an album. You know, uh, they had their hands in everything. everything. <laughs> yeah. Beware by uh, Will Oldman. Will Oldham. Uh huh. Cult of Static by Static X, uh, The Quiet Hype by Jupiter Rising, Wicked by Twisted, and The Naked Willy, a.k.a. Willy Strip by Willie Nelson. Never heard of him. Boy. Wow, Right Round by Flo Rida is still number one. I should also comment, that's been number Ew. one for a real long time. Yeah. Yes. Really long time. 
Oh my so god. Annoying. There are so many movies Wait, I haven't seen. I want here. to clarify. I did what? not bleh Willie Nelson. I bleh <laughs> the idea of naked Willie Nelson. Why? Don't you want to see a geriatric totally naked with blonde hair who's Only not the president? Only if those braids reach all the way down. Okay. <laughs> and they crescendo in the middle? I don't understand what you don't want to see Just his nipples. long enough to cover everything up that needs to be covered. All right, maybe he's got no, big bows. I, I, no, I think that his pubes have two braids too. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. oh, just a it looks looks like a looks like a hippie elephant. <laughs> yes. Uh, good that is head cannon. You can't talk me out of it. Good All right. All right. Head cannon pun. Diana really intended. breaking down the uh, old people nether sections this episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. Willie Nelson's front side. <laughs> Clint Eastwood's back side. Yeah. Now we know. Now. No. Now we know. It hasn't been talked about. Uh, <laughs> movies of 2009. There are so many fucking movies I did not see here. Yeah, uh, no, not, not a lot of good ones. 2009, March 15th to the 21st. Broken Embraces, Penelope Cruz. All right. Yeah. So this is one of, one of the good ones that you can talk about, but we can't run the trailer because this movie's in Spanish because it's by Pedro Almodovar. Mm. And uh, he's rad. And we're going to talk about one of his best movies uh, coming up for 99. And this is one of his best movies for 2009. It's a thriller kind of and it's about like uh, i think a writer is like remembering this actress uh and you know there's like kind of a movie within a movie kind of thing going on but it's also like romantic but weird because it's almodovar and he always does things that are weird and brightly colored and just off just different he's I, like a really artsy john waters almodovar okay yeah. Yeah. I suppose. No, I mean, I love the dude. He's just everything is so super serial. Yeah, it is very serial. But yeah, this is this is a really good one. I don't I know if this is where you want to start with Almodovar because sometimes he does comedies. and I feel like those mm-hmm. are a little easier to get into. Yeah. And then they just start getting like a little bit weirder. But yeah. I love him. He's one of my favorite filmmakers. What was the one I saw recently? The skin. Uh, the skin I'm in. Oh, under, it, or, the skin I live in. The, the skin, skin I live in. Yeah, skin, the skin I live in. Yeah. Yeah. Don't start with that one. That one's <laughs> that's a yeah, base. That one's pretty intense. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, talk to hers. Yeah. That's oh, that's great. Start or all about my mother, which we'll talk about soon, which I think is my favorite. So. Um. Yeah. What the fuck is Super Capers: The Origin of Ed and the Missing Bullion? Is this a kids movie? <sighs> this is a terrible looking kids movie. That's like a okay. superhero. Um, parody and it just no offense there's some people in here I like who aren't Tom Sizemore but uh, if your main stars are Adam West and Tiny Lister oh boy uh, Michael Rooker (laughs) I just I love the idea of any of them having a scene together Mm -hmm. I'm sure none of them do they all come in for like an hour for whatever fucking reason no, I have no never one has anything nice to say about it. People do have nice things to say about Two Lovers, the, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Gwyneth Paltrow. Such as, that was an interesting Letterman appearance <laughs> to promote this movie. <laughs> this is That is the Letterman appearance oh, wow. where he, uh, yeah, Letterman almost kicks him off the show, uh, yep. kind of, where he yeah. announces his rap career. Yeah. Very real No, I, I never heard of it. It didn't do great at festivals. It's an adaptation of a Dostoevsky story. You know, those things are going against it, but it turns out like it's got, I don't know, 80 something on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it's pretty well regarded as a like relationship melodrama. Okay. Uh, you got to, you got to, you got to hand that over to <laughs> poor marketing. Uh, Cause that was one of the most <laughs> watched YouTube David Letterman clips of all time that yeah. no one had any idea was promoting two lovers. 
Uh, but yeah. that's that's what Joaquin Phoenix was supposed to be doing, but he never mentions the movie once. I think David Letterman asks him about it. He's like, I'm not doing acting anymore. I want to focus on my rap career. Cool, 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 right. cool, cool. Yes, and we were all bamboozled, uh, and we didn't care either. Uh, Lesbian Vampire Killers is the name of a real movie, I'm told, with Late Late yes. Show host James Corden. <laughs> what? James yep. Corden? Uh, he's gone on record saying it's embarrassing and it's a pile of shit. Mm. Well, but okay. It's it's like a hammer horror hammer horror parody, mm-hmm. you know, that it's like, haha, then they go to like the small spooky village and then spooky things happen and it's because of lesbian vampires. Okay, that was so my it's question. Like, kind of like Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death, except sounds like not good. <laughs> my question was, are the killers the lesbians or the vampires the lesbians? Hmm. So you answer that it. needs a hyphen. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> are they lesbian vampire? Killers, yes. Right. Lesbian vampire killers, right? Or, yeah, lesbian. Killers I'd rather of see, honestly, the the second one. <laughs> lesbian vampire killers <laughs> sounds like a movie yeah. for me. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Fuck all of those. Let's just move into the real movies to yeah. talk about. Okay. Even though I don't remember this one at all, Clive Owen, Julia Roberts, Billy Bob Thornton, and Tom Wilkinson in duplicity. Oh, Billy Bob Thornton's not in this movie. That's a lie. What? You I was thinking. You think I said Billy Bob Thornton is not in this movie. That's a lie. Oh, my oh. mistake. It's Paul Giamatti is in this movie. No. Oh. Fucking goddamn it. Turn up like this. 20 minutes? I was thinking 40. Two spies. We've been very bad. We're very good at it. Have a plan to steal $40 million from a major corporation. You know what I think? I think you like the idea. Put on March 20th. Who can you trust if you can't trust each other? We were supposed to be on the same side. You actually think I'm playing you? Oh, crazy, right? <laughs> Julia Roberts, Clive Owen, Duplicity, rated PG-13. Oh! So I definitely saw this when it came out because I was heavily into Clive Owen at the time. And I mm-hmm. don't remember a single thing about this movie. <laughs> it seems oh. very boring. Yeah. I I watched it last night. Okay. Um, and it was fun. Okay. Like, s- sexy people double crossing each other love is it. kind of my favorite genre. Yeah. I mean, we talked about cruel intentions, that sort of thing. I love I love when sexy people double cross each other. Well, um, that's why I'm probably sure I saw this because I was very very into Closer for a long time. I, I kept thinking oh, of Closer. Closer, yeah. so good. Closer, so good. And so, yeah. yeah. Mike Nichols. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. So this is this is not closer. Uh, <laughs> no, this is not closer. This is um, they are both former spies who get into corporate espionage and then start like being double and triple agents to try to play these two companies against each other and then like steal their big secret and then sell it back to them pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why the thing said Billy Bob Thornton is in it. He's not. Paul Giamatti is being very Paul Giamatti. Love it. Very Paul Giamatti. <laughs> and it's it's fun a lot of it because you're you really are trying to figure out like okay who is actually like triple crossing who right now and then in the end like oh and then that guy double crossed those guys and that one it turned out this was all the plan all along and it's like it's fun but it's a little forgettable mm, gotcha that makes yep. sense. That now, tracks. Yeah, I don't feel bad I watched it because there's sexy people double-crossing each other. I mean, I still might probably watch it this weekend. Don't do it. 
There's plenty of work to do. Uh, <laughs> the one movie I think we, got we all homework for next week, man. There's a lot of movies next yeah. week. It's true. One thing we I think we all saw at the table. <laughs> Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> Didn't expect that name in here. Andy Samberg, Rashida Jones, Jason Siegel, and Paul Rudd. And I love you, man. So you're not going to have a best man? Peter's always been a girlfriend guy. Never really had a best friend. Well, who's your best friend? Your brother, Robbie. What's up? Now I need friends. It's such a weird concept. You're going to have to be aggressive about this. This is awesome. Thanks a lot for hooking me up with Elmo. What? That guy's cool. From DreamWorks Pictures. Sydney Fife. You want to grab lunch or something? Half an hour? I will see you there or I will see you on another time. That was very confusing. I don't know what, if you're going to come or not. No, I'll be there. How about cleaning up after you dog? <laughs> I'm a man, Peter. Sometimes you got to let it out. Hey, 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 hey. Hulk, stop calling me Hulk. Hulk? What's going on? Sydney's fighting Lou Ferrigno. Hulk has me to sleep for all the I don't think I can take him all. I love the man. It's funny. I love this movie. This is the Slap and the Bass Slap and the Bass. It's also Totes McGoats, which is something I still say. I see. I was just looking at it's written and directed by John Hamburg, who has written pretty much every movie on a white poster with red font hmm. that you've seen in the last few mm. years. So long came Polly, Little Fockers, mm. gotcha. Why Him. Oh. Uh, and, so this is the good one. And Nights, but just all these unremarkable comedies. And yet mm-hmm. this, the one, this one is the one I think I saw in the theater and I liked a lot. Yeah. I've yeah. had this eh. on DVD. I watched it a lot. I really like this one. Eh. Eh. Get an eh from eh. It's it's just an eh for me. Like I don't feel, I don't again. I don't feel bad that I watch it. I'm not like God damn it that wasted my time, but it it's extraordinarily slight. Um, I got laughs, but no no like giant laughs. And I like mm-hmm. times when you could tell they're sort of improvising a little bit, like mm-hmm. slapping to bass. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just it just felt very slight, and I I wasn't quite sure where they're going sometimes like yeah this was advertised as and then he meets he needs a male friend and then he meets that's, this crazy person but no jason siegel's not that crazy i mean he's an asshole for not picking up his dog poop that's for sure mm-hmm. but he's not like he's not a manic pixie dream guy so that's nice he's sometimes though yeah he's like a magical manic pixie it, dream it is guy. something he's i relate like, to fix his life 10 years later i i, I get because like making new friends is weird yes. right and i think yeah, that, that was a... that was all the part that i liked mm. that that's it's a... like it's so hard to make friends when you're a grown-up like it's how so do you true. even do it it's a con that's a concept i enjoyed seeing explored quite a bit because yeah it is extraordinarily difficult to make friends as an adult can we be best friends even though he fixes my brakes yeah. wow this is too weird <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, horrible, it's hard. horrible. But there's a lot of funny. There's, there's, and maybe I'm just enchanted by Paul Rudd. That's probably part of it, perhaps. Yeah, that's, that's true. Why he's there? It's a lot of it, perhaps. Um, but I don't know. I found a lot of funny in it, and definitely some heart for sure. But you are right. I don't mm-hmm. think it goes deep enough into the places it wants to. I did like the fact that I feel like at parts of the movie, it seems like Paul Rudd is kind of treating Jason Siegel like he is his manic trick. Trixie, manic pixie dream, <laughs> panic guy trixie friend. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jason Segel is like, "What the fuck? I have a real life and a job. Like, I'm not just this like, <laughs> yeah. you know, archetype for you to just like enhance, use to enhance your life. You know. And I do think yeah. that that is an interesting idea. But yeah, yeah. And I appreciate that this could have gone into way more really dumb gay panic jokes. Yes. 
Yeah. And they're they're fine with it. It's like, yeah, part of his problem of like trying to, it's hard to meet someone as a friend. You're hitting it off with a guy. He might think that it's, it's more relationship. That's, that's where you're usually going as an adult meeting Mm -hmm. up with someone. And that's hard. Although they just blow right past the, the whole idea of the movie is, oh, he doesn't have any male friends to be uh, his oh, best man. man. Yeah. Right. And no one makes fun of him for being such such a, you know, freaking, oh, you're a femme. So I like that. But also he has a brother. Yeah. And a cool dad, J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Just kidding, Simmons. And a cool just mom, Jane Simmons. Curtin. That's right. Can I just watch a movie about them? <laughs> yeah, that, that I, love them. I like their I love family scenes quite a bit. Oh. oh, God, I don't want to talk about the next movie because I didn't see it. And I thought the only notable thing about it was it was the funniest Nicolas Cage poster I'd ever seen, but it's not archived <laughs> online because mm. it looked like he was uh, he had just been told the word Star Lord and went, who? <laughs> and then then it said knowing, like, and like what? Is, he, he is portraying the opposite of that. <laughs> so if you want to see that poster, that poster still exists in the form of the Left Behind movie, which I'll throw up here. It's one of my favorite Nicolas Cage Photoshop faces. Duh. Uh, but that was the poster for knowing. I swear it was. Uh, but knowing, not next, where you can see couple seconds into the future. Is that that's a different Nicolas Cage movie? Mm. This one has Rose Byrne. Yes. Fifty years ago, a message was buried in a time capsule. Maybe it's like a math puzzle. Now the pattern has been revealed. It's a list. This predicts global disasters that haven't occurred yet. The secret has been unlocked. The numbers are a warning. They're a warning to everyone. The future is in his hands. Get off the train. Nicholas Cage. What happens when the numbers run out? Knowing. Rated PG-13. That's the beginning of the end. Beginning of the end for Nick Cage, I'm guessing. Yikes. He will be in anything as long Dude as it comes out a twice a year. A code film. <laughs> mm. Any of us see this? Uh, please, people. Uh, I watched some parts of it, and it was uh, it was pretty bad. Uh, yeah. For some reason, Roger Ebert really liked it. He thought it was really creative, and like every other review was like, "This mm. is so stupid. <laughs> this is just cliche after cliche." You know, and uh, we're we're kind of we're ahead of ourselves with the with the disasters that are being predicted because we got 2012 coming up towards the end of the year, um, and these are very similar that one at least is kind of fun this is just you know nicholas cage going like oh oh oh, oh, God. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> it, it's just it takes itself so seriously where it's just like why why are you taking this seriously I, it's just it's dumb no oh, this is not good this is not good at all i don't know how it's number one uh nick cage power man and it's going up against two lovers and lesbian vampire killers. So what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough, man. And but it's a good week on TV. It is. Everyone stay home week. and watch TV. This is a show I meant to watch, yeah. but did not. Uh, it, that premieres this week on the 15th of March. Kings, Ian McShane, is his first project after he, after he throws away Al Swearingen from Deadwood and we may never see him no. again. Mm-hmm. I didn't, He's coming back, baby. But it's supposed no to, it's set in America, but it's... If we had kings instead of yeah. democratic leaders, it's like a modern day oh. David versus Goliath. Mm-hmm. And like the main character is a young man who saves the king, Ian McShane's son, on the battlefield during a war and then is coming back to great acclaim mm. and fame. Is, that and kid can't be Macaulay Culkin, right? <laughs> Unclear. How was Macaulay Culkin in this? Unclear. Uh, with Brian Cox, Becky Ann Miller, and Christopher Egan and Ian McShane. Mm. 
owe you a lot. You saved my son's life, that means I owe you mine. Even if you ask for half my kingdom. Just save the king's son. There are a lot of people watching you right now, you know that. Half my kingdom it is. He's a good person. He's not that virtuous. He'll be trouble, you watch. The only way to deal with him is with a bullet. <laughs> Thanks for letting oh, us know, man. YouTube video. This is Jars of Clay. Yeah, haven't heard of them since Flood. Yeah. That song's grand. Uh, but so I I'm think... guessing Ian McChain and Brian Cox are our rival kings. Ooh, cause... don't know. Perhaps don't I want to this... see them sit around and smoke cigars. This is one of those things that uh, I think it' pretty indicative of a pre-Netflix time. It got yeah. good reviews and nobody watched it and it well, was canceled pretty quickly it was also from from based on my research especially on youtube there mm-hmm. was a lot of like fan yeah. trying to get it to come back or put it on another oh. network or something like that. So the people who loved it really loved it yeah broad concept done well mm-hmm. it looks good too like it looks like they put a lot of money into it and just a show starring eating machine yeah i oh, love that guy uh, on the 17th of March, a very special uh, Law & Order SVU episode ripped from the headlines of ni- the sure 1970s. No. Well, I, I saw, I actually went through, I've gone through the Law & Orders and Law & Order SVUs to put in <laughs> my favorite ones. Oh, good. Um, or just the ones that have the best guest stars. And right. And check and see if they actually, if they did it. And I was so glad to see Sarah like this one too, because it's got Carol Burnett in it. And she yeah. got an Emmy nomination. Yeah, I remember this um, was a big one for her. Yeah, so Carol Burnett plays a black widow, and Matthew oh, Lillard shit. is her put-upon nephew, um, who totally <laughs> helped her kill five husbands. Wow. Uh, and it turns out, that's not even how they get to this case. Her husband, Johnny Sack, murdered a couple people, and that's how they end up getting her. Oh, yeah. True law She's and order. She's not even the main story for, like, half of the show. True law and order it's fashion. so good. Mm-hmm. Stay out of Jersey, Tony. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Uh, and then Johnny Sack comes back as judges on laws and orders. Is is very confusing. That way. <laughs> and then eventually dies. Uh, but yep. I think I remember this is a was this a Lost come out after Lost? Better off Ted. Right before Lost. Actually. Right before Lost. Uh, yes, I love this show. Okay, it's so good. Yeah. This is a great week for comedy actually because we have Better Off the Ted premieres. Um, Kind of culty, I think, for a lot of people who really enjoy comedy. Really, like, silly, very weird, strange show starring Jay Harrington and Portia de Rossi. Um, And he plays the head of a research and development um, department in a huge corporation called Rodian Technologies, which basically is, like, this evil corporation that just makes this technology that is probably not good for the earth but it's a workplace <laughs> comedy and there's like the two scientist guys are constantly like showing these inventions that are like absurd and terrible and scary and it's it's really funny it's great it's very charming so i highly recommend it wednesday march 18th Ted, i know you're an r&d legend but the chair is not comfortable welcome to the daring world of research and development when people can't get comfortable they're more productive and more filled with hate ah! it's an exciting job we want to weaponize a pumpkin then so do i <laughs> you're welcome a dangerous job we need a mouse that can withstand temperatures up to 195 degrees a uh, computer mouse or a live mouse I'll get back to you. A demanding job. I think you and I should have sex. 
Because these are the men and women. We want to freeze, Phil. Why do they want to freeze me? I didn't do anything. Who will try just about anything. Wednesday, March 18th, ABC is putting comedy to work. It's a great company, isn't it? Freezing its employees. Uh, employee. They're only freezing one. ABC. I, I don't know. I don't know why, but I still think about it. <laughs> I never gave it a chance, really, but I'd always mm-hmm. see the beginning or end of it, depending on where it was around Lost. Like, yeah, this is not this does not look bad, but I'm not watching one more than one ABC show. It's soups charming. Better it's off Ted. Uh, also, ooh, on March 19th, uh, 2009, The Office episode, New Boss. Yeah, airs. guess who the new boss is in this one? Uh, not same same same, boss? Nope, it's Idris yeah. Elba. It's Idris Elba, <laughs> that's right. It's weird. Ten, almost 10 years of the day hosting SNL. He's like, I've never done comedy. I'm like, you're in uh, The Office, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, it's not funny. Yeah, it's not like, funny on it. He's such a straight man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a straight man that all the women in the office are like yeah. making excuses to oh, yeah. come into his and office. And he is aware. Yeah. He is aware of his effect on women. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it's a fun week for guest stars. Oh, because on My Name is Earl, Witch Ladies, guest starring Betty White. That's right. Mm-hmm. She's also on it. All right. So, big week for Betty White. And on things, yeah, and an even bigger wake for Jay Leno. Did you hear about this? You hear about this? I, I got Barack Obama yeah. on my show. He's got Barack Obama. The first time a sitting president went on a late night show. This is where I read. I think yeah. he made a comment about uh, been bowling. Hey, you've been doing bowling. You good at bowling? Uh, qualify for maybe the Special Olympics. Ha ha ha! And mm. then like the president just made a Special Ooh. Olympics joke. You want to apologize? Ooh, and he yikes. did. Oh, well, that's good. Uh, that might have been on the Tonight Show this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the last time a president said something offensive <laughs> to anybody. I miss old scandals. Uh, and then so what he, he Barack Obama responded like, I never said that thing that's on TV forever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The thing that you heard didn't say. Uh, anyway, uh, but this is bigger news. And Jesus, I wish we could talk more about it. But did anybody see the season, fin- the series finale of Battlestar Galactica? It's almost no. three million people did. I watched a lot haven't. of this show, but I don't remember the finale. I am not good at ending TV shows, though. I was one of the people who loved it. Me too. I love the end, I but I love the ending. People were mad at the finale. There's things to be mad because they made Starbuck like an angelic being, mm. but uh, and I don't, okay. I still don't understand that. But I do admire the idea of like this technologically advanced society. Like fuck this, mm-hmm. crash everything, let's start over. Mm. No more technology. Mm-hmm. And then I semi confusingly it flashes forward thousands of years from now, and it's now. <laughs> so. Oh. And it's now, so it, it, it that's that part is a little hokey, but I did like the the conversation they had of like, what are we gonna do? Just float out in space forever? Like, who? How, what good does any of this technology? Mm-hmm. Have? What has it done for us? The Cylons are st- are still are fucked now too, just as much as we are. Let's just cut all this off, crash all the ships, take away all the internets, boom, we start over as a species. Hmm. And I thought I thought hmm. that was an interesting okay. concept because like yeah. at the time and sometimes right now, I think like I don't know what else to do other than that. But oh, this is so weird. God, it's such a big week, and we're just not—we're we're barely talking about these big things. I never understood why this show was so popular. Really? Because I thought it was—I I mean, I thought it was fine. But like, man, I really love the show. I thought it was—I thought it was fine. But people would talk about it like, you, "Oh, this is—I cannot believe you've never seen this amazing show." I'm like, "This is a pretty good show for all the amazing people in it." Mm-hmm. But uh, I never—I never loved Party Down. I love Party Down. 
I never, I never got the the cult, the true cult set because I watched every episode, like yeah. almost as they aired, or at least whenever they hit Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think they were they were one of the first. I think that's why they were one of the first shows to hit Netflix. It was Perhaps. a star show that's how I, that yeah. no one saw, right? But like, I was a big fan of Adam Scott, Ken Marino, um, Martin Starr. So like, I yeah. was like, fuck, I want to see the show. Ken Marino has a really dumb haircut. Yeah, <laughs> this looks really fun. <laughs> he plays <laughs> such a good true believer. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he because his he runs a. Or he's, I don't know if he's running the company, I can't remember, but it's basically cater waiters. He's the manager. Yeah, he's the manager, and he's like really into it. Also, starring Lizzie Kaplan and Jane Lynch, who are also great and very gifted comic actors. I haven't said it before. I'll follow Ken Marino pretty much anywhere, and he hadn't really played a role I'd love. I want to dip my balls in it. Mm -hmm. He always played like the, the alpha. Guy and now he, now playing a wiener with a yeah. dumb haircut. I was like, this is really fun. But kind of like an alpha wiener too. Like you know, like he still has that. He's like an alpha who and putting that in the potential autobiography category <laughs> titles right there. Yeah, alpha wiener. Party down is just like very charming, very funny. Uh, yeah, I think show it was... following them to like different you know different parties that was basically which is a fun conceit that was a surprisingly good idea because yeah. not on like a detective show they could go to a different location and get into different trouble every episode depending right. on where they were catering and have different awesome guest stars mm-hmm. depending on what they were catering and probably pretty easy to make because you just need to just go to a different yeah. fancy house every week and your so, wardrobe budget is all white shirts exactly yeah <laughs> And, and uh, like Jane Lynch was on it too, right? Until yeah. she left it, uh, left it for that. Oh, Glee! She left Glee. it for Glee in mm-hmm. the second season. Mm-hmm. Here's a clip from Party Down, people. At Party Down, we have a simple motto: It's your party. You deserve to enjoy it. But how are you going to enjoy the party if you're worried about whether the shrimp cocktail's been sitting out too long, or is there enough ice, or do the guests think the party is lame, or are they stealing stuff, or are they going through the medicine cabinet because they're nosy, or because they think they might find something that'll give them a rocking buzz? I used to do that last thing. Not anymore. Everyone at Party Down is waiting for their big break. Were you that guy? Are we having fun yet? You're that guy. More of a Colin Farrell. Oh, Dan- God, that's right. They were all aspiring actors, yeah. and Adam Scott was a former child actor or he briefly a, famous for he a commercial? Had a famous commercial. Okay. Yeah, he's like basically the equivalent of like a Waza guy. So, yeah, I believe I <laughs> saw Will Smith on his YouTube channel talk about like, uh, very, very weird being poor and having everyone recognize you. It's a very, very odd experience. Yeah. Oh, God, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Adam Scott working, a, his character working as a caterer. But that's party down, ladies and gentlemen. Moving in briefly to the games of 2009, March 15th through the 21st. Bit Trip Beat is out. Henry Hatsworth, a charming little puzzle game. Uh, Resistance Retribution is a, shit, I forget exactly. Was that a top-down take on the first-person shooter PS3 genre for the PSP? And I believe the first game I ever gave a 10 as a reviewer, Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars, the portable Grand Theft Auto. Wow. That it, Grand Theft Auto had been 3D since the third game. It came out for the DS, and I think they brought it to PSP eventually, but it was just this top-down, like the first two. But it had this captivating drug-dealing mini-game, <laughs> like, conceit, <laughs> where you could, like, go buy drugs and then sell them for more money in certain areas of the city, and I just did that constantly i believe i reviewed this game played it like 90 hours and watched five seasons of buffy while i did it wow it was so much fun i loved gta chinatown wars 
I don't know where that stands. That should get a re-release. It was really good. Uh, maybe it's on iOS. Didn't check. Uh, and that about wraps it up here. Here's where we used to read comments, but now we do that exclusively on the Listener Strike Back episodes on patreon.com slash lasertime, which supports the whole Lasertime network, including Lasertime, which this week is all about plague movies and video game apocalypse, uh, which is uh, the super fun video game, magazine, new releasey, uh, nish cursy, cursy, drinky, sh- uh, <laughs> fun shows hosted by Matt Allen and Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Rapares, who you may have heard on the bonus 302010 mm-hmm. talking about fanboys this week, where yep. I, be- I believe Michael claimed he was Chewbacca because he's constantly naked wearing a bandolier. Yeah. That made me that fun. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, patreon.com slash laser times where you can support all those, all those endeavors and get a, uh, weekly, uncensored, and commercial-free bonus show every single week, and in addition to access to over 100 full-length movie commentaries with more to come. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at LeCineNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast, where I tease what's coming up, and you can send your little com- comments about stuff we missed or stuff we mispronounced or, you know, your defending of knowing and how it's really brilliant and- <laughs> We should have all watched it and took copious notes. I was shocked how many people were like, dude, push is great. I know. Okay. I was okay. pleasantly surprised to hear that. Like, okay. Whoops the days. I feel bad we just sort of skipped it, sort of skipped past it. Maybe I'll watch it. Okay. I blame Sarah. She's supposed to be the young one. Into that kind of horse <laughs> Allegedly. Shit. Goes in for those kind of shenanigans. Allegedly. Those 09 movies. Uh, yep. But, but who, who, who we did die? Uh, who died this week? Uh, both in 2009, we lost Ron Silver, 62. Aww. Fuck you, cancer. And we lost Natasha Richardson. She was only 45. Wow. Fuck you, skiing. Yeah. yeah I, I, Two really sad ones. I guess. Ron yeah. Silver was kind of a dick. He, I just, was he? I watched his... I he made a, he made the Republican antidote to Fahrenheit 9-11 that oh, he narrates and stars in. I did not in. realize that. Okay. <laughs> well, whatever. It's just, yeah, he was one fine. of those guys that was a lefty and 9-11 snapped him out of it <laughs> and, no, and he remember. went hard the other direction but even then i'm i am nostalgic for that type of republican i, <laughs> I just i've always really like him on screen like i just always like his character oh hey, he the best role know, ever where he plays ron silver on mm-hmm. heat vision and jack the unaired jack black <laughs> owen wilson dirt bike uh, comedy from dan oh Harmon and ben stiller yeah really good well, my favorite's probably west wing but that's cool and i i took it out of the news because so i saw it in diana's desk i think natasha richardson oh, this is terrible i think she mm-hmm. has her accident this week but she doesn't die for days yeah, yeah. and like that mm-hmm. that was so tragic that, that really? was awful yeah uh but yeah. weirdly uh, march march 18th i gotta i gotta i gotta think that like um I, this put Liam Neeson in the news so much, and my mom was always this big Liam Neeson fan, and I think she couldn't stop reading about mm-hmm. what happened to this favorite actor's wife. And then after this is in like that he Liam Neeson is this huge star now. Well, yeah. I mean, Taken has just come out. That's true. Taken, Taken is as much responsible for that as anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I thought I really thought it was because of the public sympathy for his tragedy. It might. Yeah, I mean, there might be some intersect there. But... Yeah, I thought that was that was my theory at the time. It doesn't check out now. Doesn't check out now. But you know what? Just check out birthdays. Birthday is a doodly do. Are we ready for birthday quiz? I'm ready for birthday quiz. I'm going to beat Sarah this time. Mm-hmm. Okay. We shall see. I don't know. This is going to be a tough one. Just warning you now. Born March 15th, 1933. Happy 86th birthday. Oh, no. Still alive. To a flatbush native. And there's a species of praying mantis named after her because of its neck plate. Uh, its neck plate? Neck plate. 
it appeared in two movies last year. It. She appeared in two movies last year. Plus, there's a picture of her in Deadpool 2 as a possible member of X-Force, and she's a figure in Lego Movie 2. Fuck. Didn't see Lego Movie 2. Didn't. I don't remember X-Force that well. It's not. It's a woman, so it's not Brad Pitt. Chest plate. Hmm. What if uh, I told you that she co-founded the Women's Rights Project at the ACLU? (gasps) Often targeting sexist laws by using male clients, like one uh, law that made jury duty optional for women, or had different drinking ages for women and men, or didn't give men social security survivors benefits. Not Gloria Allred. No. Okay. Uh, She was one of nine women of 500 men at Harvard Law, and was rejected by uh, Supreme Court Justice... There you go. Rejected by Supreme Court Justice George Frankfurter as a clerk based solely on gender. She's the second woman in the U.S. Supreme Court. I wanted her to be an X-Force. She would have killed everyone. It'd be great. Now I remember. The chest plates from her descent uh, scarf. From her little collars and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, there's a praying mantis named after because it's got like the little markings on its chest sort of look like a little collar. Oh, I have her. I have those earrings. Oh, you have descent descent collar earrings? Yes, I do. I have a descent collar necklace, too. Oh, look at us. (laughs) Yeah. No one's surprised by any of this. (laughs) No. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she's a tough lady. Yeah, she is. Uh, I hope she's um, okay, because she has cancer again. Yeah. But they say she's treatment's going well, and the right is already conspiring and saying she's secretly dead. Cool. Cool thing to say. Yeah, a lot of fun over there. They have that way. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, this show is executive produced by Daniel Evans and a many other fine people at patreon.com slash laser time, which makes shows like this a reality. Uh, thank you guys so much once again. Uh, help us out, out, and we'll try and help you out with more podcasts. Um, let's close out with a Limelight from Rush, as featured in I Love You Man. Be sure to come back next week as we talk about the rest of March 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Bye, everybody. Bye.